And to Jesus be the glory. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. I am having such a great time in Dallas. I'm here in the office, our ministry's offices. And my darling brother, William, is here with me. And Donnie Price is sitting there looking marvelous. You can't see Don, but he's right there. At least say hello so they can hear you. I love our partners, the Presses, and Marie standing here. You want to say hi? Yes, hi to everybody. You want to come so they can see you right there? Yes, you can stand right hi, there and just God wave. God bless you. God bless you. Well, I'm just so glad to be with our wonderful people. And the last time I had my brother William with me, and we actually just showed it again a few, was it a week before last. Every time we show that beautiful teaching you did, our numbers go way up. So I said, okay, I'm back in Dallas. William lives here. Let's get him back. And I want to talk to you about one more time. You know, there's a lot of um, amazing revelations that God has given you and others like you on what does it mean to be in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. On Monday, if you, if, if you watched Monday, we had a healing service here. I was talking about Hesed, mercy, God's mercy. His covenant is the covenant of mercy. So we're going to talk about that and more. But first, I want to say something to you. We are so grateful to the Lord for you. We really are. I mean, everybody here is going to say a big amen if I ask them to. We are so grateful to the Lord for our partners, the way you've stood with us, your incredible, beautiful comments that you send, the things you send through email and other means, just to, sh- to show your support and love and prayers, means the world to us. I was on Daystar uh, Tuesday this week, and it was so precious to be with Joni. We're going to show that, by the way. We were talking about the anointing. And I think they're going to give us, already yeah. gave us today. the, uh, oh, today, good. Mm-hmm. The uh, two uh, different programs I did with Joni. It's so powerful. But I pray the Lord will bless you. Really, I mean it with all my heart. I pray the Lord will bless you and anoint and use you and protect you in the days to come and prosper you. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Now, I want to talk to you about, let's begin first by talking about the covenant. You know, on Monday I was talking about what is chesed. That word chesed means steadfast love in Hebrew. Tender love, tender kindness. It's translated in the English Bible as mercy. But mercy, uh, biblically speaking, is love in action rather than just, you know, people I think sometimes when they think of mercy, they may think of sympathy. No. It's, it's much deeper than that, much greater than that. Um, the Lord is gracious and merciful uh, in Hebrew, hanun ve rahum. Rahme is the is the Arabic word for it. So Rahmeh or Rahum in Hebrew and Arabic, very close, uh, is so deep. Mm. It's hard to even explain Rahmeh. 
like um, the tender love of a mother to her child. Like my mom would say to us sometimes uh, when we had a fever as children, she'd say something like, I wish it was her. Like, I wish I was the one with the fever. Well, that's the closest um, explanation, not even the full meaning of, of Rahum. So when, when the Bible talks about mercy, or the Hebrew word chesed, boy, it's so deep. Without that, there is no covenant. Right. It's, like, it's like God reaching out to someone who's walked away from him, but he never gives up on reaching out. Like his hands are always stretched out to someone even in rebellion. He, he, he just doesn't give up on loving his people. It's like 1 Corinthians 13, you know, no, that love never fails. And there's something very beautiful in Luke chapter 1 that I talked about Monday, where Mary in the Magnifica, uh, where she says, My soul doth magnify the Lord, my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. What a beautiful prophetic utterance came out of her. And then she said, he hath remembered his mercy. That, that Jesus then is the mercy in flesh. You want to talk about that a little bit? I'd like to hear your, I, I your mean, side. And then let's go to in it's a, Christ. It's a, well, you said something Monday night that what got me all triggered. Everything in God must become personified. You made a statement Monday night that God looked to make a covenant and it re covenant requires trust with the one that you're making it with. Yeah. And there are terms to every covenant. Right. He found none higher than himself. Yep. So he made a covenant. Willie, I want to shout. Can I? You can shout no, all you want. Go ahead. So he made a covenant. I love with, it. He made a covenant with himself. So to deny it, he would deny himself. Absolutely. So Timothy says... If we deny him, the, the Greek contradict him, he cannot contradict himself. So the covenant remains. Yeah. So when you said in, in Arabic, let it be on me instead of my children, that's what God did. He put on himself. Mm. And that freed us. So everything in God must become an ex experientially personified. Jesus is the personification of all the nature of God. And then I also said that all the promises were given to the Messiah. Exactly. It's only in him. Talk about that. The thing we have, to, and this is a little bit, this, this is a little challenging for religion. Okay, so I'll, I'll preface it with that. Okay. Because Jesus did not come to establish religion, including Christianity. He came to establish his kingdom. To establish his kingdom, it's a whole different way of thinking. And the kingdom of God is not having a king or monarchy with you know, civilians or peasants in the kingdom. You can't be in it unless you're part of the family. So it's God and the royal family. That's all we're in. To be in the kingdom, you've got to be born into it. To be born into it, you've got to die. So when we accept... Well, wait, say that again. To be born into it, you've got to die. Because right. some probably don't know what, what, what that means. Religion, religion has taught us that when we die, we go to heaven. That's not scripture. The scripture is, he died and brought heaven to us. 
when when we accept him we die so the fallacy of waiting to be with the lord when we die then we shouldn't be but praying. we will be with the lord of when course we die. yeah of course well but he's he's constant i mean it's true yeah but i mean when people think about it, they think well i'm going to be physically with him what you're saying is he's already here with us he's right. in us you get to go to experience what you have always had without the flesh without the restriction limitation of the flesh i love the way you put it well the reality is the more we encounter who he is the more we have to lose ourselves so paul comes along and this is this is something that you know it's not easy to to grasp because the love of it is overwhelming but paul said in, in 2 corinthians 13 5 i believe he says examine yourself you do it nobody does it for you you examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith and if to know if you're in the faith then he goes on and says, don't you know who you are don't you know your own selves so he identifies that jesus christ is in you so your own selves is christ in you we have no identity apart from him so if we think of ourselves as well there's jesus and then there's me well there's two of you jesus never taught two taught one that we may be one so we got to get out of the picture and so religion always teaches us we got to work it to qualify so no, no you don't qualify i removed you took your place i became you hanan you know he i i became your your person so jesus christ really hanan or the hanun yeah but grace gracious i mean that's that's the 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 grace of god is the giving of himself no matter what what he meant by hanun hanan is grace right that's the word in hebrew and in arabic well the ultimate expression of god's grace is that he gave us himself so paul said um you know galatians 2:20 i'm crucified with christ nevertheless i live but yet not i christ lives in me and this life that i live in the flesh i live it by the faith of the son of god who loved me and gave himself to me i mean so it it has to always go back to what did jesus actually do on the cross so when we think you know this amazing grace of god and you you touched on a monday night you know romans 6 when when he was crucified we were crucified paul tells us when he died we died when he was buried we were buried when he was quickened we were quickened i i i didn't have the time monday to explain that when jesus died he walked into our history yeah and our history is a history of sin a history of death He literally walked into our history and by the resurrection we walked into his history. Beautiful. So his accomplishments became our accomplishments. Right. That's what you're saying. This is the thing that you know, I had an experience with the Lord many years ago that when I began to realize it's not up to me. I was reading a scripture and I was trying to understand it. 2 Corinthians 3:18, I believe. Behold in a mirror the glory of God. and and it came to me as I was shaving I was one day shaving and behold in the mirror and I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I in my I'm thinking to myself come on lord 
I'm, I'm looking at myself here. Beholding the mirror, the glory of God. You got to be kidding. So I'm, I'm dismissing it. Like it sounds beautiful. And then I heard the Lord speak to my spirit. Look again. I'm looking. thinking, Lord, you know, and I know that you know what I'm like. I mean, I could fool the world, but I can't fool you. I could fool my wife, but you know how weak I am. I'm talking to God. Look again. And I'm looking. But Lord, come on, you know what I've done. So keep looking at yourself and what you've done. I want you to look in the mirror and see what I've done. And you need to die and get out of the picture. Because the way you change is by behold. There's nothing you have to do. Behold wow. in the mirror the glory of God and you are changed. You know, there's a great verse in, in Isaiah. Look unto me, all the earth, and be saved. Yeah. Look unto me. Just look. Dear Lord, how simple we that complicate is. We complicate it. The reality is when Jesus said, it is finished, in the original tongue he said, self has expired. No more self. Last Adam. When we get well, when he said it is finished, he was literally cutting off Adam out of our life. Right. He was cutting off all that Adam gave us. No more Adam. No more Adam. No more old life. No right. more old self. No right. more none of that. So when Jesus said it is, it is finished, not only was the work of Calvary finished, we were finished. Exactly. And the problem is, it's not that people don't believe in Jesus and what He's done for us. They just can't accept it for themselves. Yeah. The problem is what they believe about themselves. And that remains the duality in our thinking. Double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Mm. So we got to get rid of Self is the, is the problem. I mean, like when the Lord said, it is finished, at that moment, all things were passed away. Right. At that moment, the old life was gone. Because he walked in it and destroyed it. Right. And we walked in him and were, were, came into a new life. Right. And we being the temple... The flesh was rent. The curtain is rent. Access into God. I want to ask you a question because mm -hmm. now I'd like to go back a little bit and talk about all the promises in him are yea and amen. Right. And then I want to go back and ask you about the temple because there's a lot of people that are a little, uh, you know, there's questions on, okay, they're going to build the temple in Jerusalem. So what, what is that for? if we are the temple today, you know what I mean? So that's another subject altogether that could be extremely confusing to some people, but not to us, believe me. But I will say this though. Okay, Paul Crouch and, and I are sitting talking one day at dinner, and we're talking about Psalm 91. And Paul, of course, like many, many times he had said the same thing to me, how the angels of the Lord are there for us and so on. And I said to him, Paul, I said, that has nothing to do with us. And he didn't like that, that in, the, in, the, in, the, in the beginning. But then when I explained it, he said, I see your point. And basically the angel of the Lord encampeth around them that fear him and delivers them. Well, that's in the Psalms. We all believe that. But he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. That was spoken to the, to the Messiah, not to us. Mm. So I said, Paul, I said, Psalm 91 has nothing to do, to do with us. Only if we are in Jesus, all the promises of it become ours. So he that dwelleth is a Messiah, not us, and so forth. And on and on, there's so many wonderful, you know, scriptures that people claim for, the, for themselves, but they were actually promises made to Jesus. 
because all the promises are in him. They belong to him. When God made a covenant with the seed of Abraham, he made it with the son of God, the seed himself. And any one of us, when we are in Jesus, all the promises become ours because we are in him. Talk about that a little bit. Well, it's you just it's loaded what you just said. I know, but that's why I but, want you but, to talk about. But it. you know, I I can't get into the building the ta- the temple, natural temple again. Well, let's 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 wait on okay. that later. Fine. So, Jesus is the fulfillment of the personification of God. So, when when that is, when that is, established in our minds, because Paul finishes. We're going back to Second Corinthians thirteen five. Don't you know who your own selves, how Jesus Christ is in you, unless you are a reprobate? Then the following verse says, but you're not. We've been accepted in Christ. Reprobate means rejected after testing. So if you're examining yourself. Wait, wait, this is, this is, you, you're, you're, you're talking too fast. Sorry. Rejected after testing. Yeah. So God will test us before he ever rejects us. Meaning if we fail, it's our fault. Yes God, or no? Yes, somewhat. Because, Go ahead. Because faith, to be faith, you can't please God without faith. Right. For faith to be faith, it has to be tested, or it's not faith. So, the kingdom of God operates by proving. Prove your own selves. So, it's, no one is exempted. If you're going to believe God, you're going to be tried. So we think it's the devil doing this and the devil doing that. That's nonsense. For faith to be faith, from Abraham to Jesus, his own son, being full of the Holy Ghost, led up to the mountain to be tempted of the devil. So faith to be faith, God will test your faith. That's. Some will ask why. Well, because otherwise what's faith? It's it's your ability to be strong. Then then it's not faith. Well, the reality is you're... Your faith is, is as good as the test it endures. It's, it's a, it's well, a, say it again. Faith, your faith is only as strong as the test it endures. So it's like, it's like this. We're all sitting here like Well, it, you know, it's, it's like God saying to Abraham, you know, take your son to the mountain. You remember the story? We yeah. So this man was, his faith, so please God, God accounted it for righteousness, Paul said. So when Abraham takes his son, drags him up, says, we're going to go up worship. Takes his boy, who's a young man by then, helps his dad carry the wood, establishes the altar, where's the sacrifice? God provided himself the sacrifice, Abraham said. The angel stops Abraham, he's about to sacrifice the son God promised him. So what I love about Abraham, and I'll use this quick as an example, Abraham was 75 years old when God gave him the promise of a son. He was 100 when he had him. That's 25 years he waited. Mm. And Paul said his faith never, never, his wife laughed at him. But his faith never staggered. And it says in Romans 4 that he gave God praise and glory and honor. So this guy was giving God glory while he's waiting. But he wasn't giving up on the promise 100 years old. He's dysfunctional by that point and so is she. <laughs> can't have a baby. God says, no, no, I promised you a baby. After he gives him the baby, he says, I want him back. Right? Abraham goes to sacrifice his son. God stops him. And the King James reads, uh, 
Now I know that you fear God. That's not how the Hebrew reads. It says the knowledge of God became now to Abraham. There's two chapters. Oh, one more time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say it again. Okay. Two chapters before God tries Abraham, tests his faith. God says about Abraham, I know this man. God's all knowing. He's going to raise his children in the way of the Lord. I know him. But Abraham doesn't know what God knew about him. So God puts us through trials to show us. But say that last part again, that God knew. So God says to When Abraham, God says, and now I know. Now I know that it says thou what fearest in the Hebrew? God. Okay. The Hebrew says, the knowledge of God became now to Abraham. What God always knew about Abraham, Abraham just learned. There's things about us God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, because he, here's the thing. Jesus says, be holy as your Father in heaven is holy. Right? Right. Well, it's because he put it in us to be that way. We just don't believe it. We don't believe we have the, the ability to be like him. But that's not true. As he is, so are we in this world. Just, it's all the problems all here. This is the, this is the enemy against God. The carnal mind. So, Abraham learns who he is. And, and God says, I'm not going to just give you one son. The test of his faith, I'm going to make you a father of all nations. So faith has to be tried to be faith. You are so deep. You've always been deep, and you're getting deeper, I and I love it. I think it's all that deep, really. <laughs> but anyway, it's, it's faith. It's, it's God doesn't want a bunch of wimps for sons and daughters that have no power, no authority. They're always crying the blues. They're always complaining, help me, help me, help me, like the children of Israel. He wants overcomers. Promises are for the overcomers. To him that overcomes are all the promises. So, we don't teach that. We tell people we're going to, you know, just hold on, survive. And that's not the message of Jesus at all. So, the young generation now is coming on strong because it empowers them to know who's in them. So, once I realized it's nothing to do with me, he did it all. This new, okay, one more time. This younger generation is, is coming on strong, but we are hearing a lot of them are leaving the faith. They're leaving denominational churches. The independent churches, you know, worldwide, there's a move of God. Underground churches in communist countries, there's a move of God. No, I know that, but I mean, in, yeah. um, in America, we, we read these reports about the millennials leaving. You know... But, but I mean, what I'm seeing with the youth, they're on fire. They're on fire. I just came back from Mexico two days ago. Church was packed with young people, and they're on fire. You know, back in the old days when we were growing up, you know, we would we dress nice for church, and we would go through the, and you know, God did some wonderful things. But today, it's these kids come like they are, and the empowering word of Christ in them is what they're after. I've seen it with these amazing young. And people. and it's it's to to tell them you're going to go to heaven when you die. Okay, that's great. But how do I live now? How do I survive today? And without faith, we can't survive this world. And faith has to be centered in the Son of God, what He has accomplished for us. It's not positive thinking. It's not wishful thinking. It's not religious faith. It's having the, the understanding of the finished work of Christ. Not true. Without, without that, we become susceptible to all the tactics of the enemy. What the devil does is he tries what you believe. From Genesis to Revelation. That's what the enemy does. Didn't God say? 
So Jesus always responds, the word, the word, because that's where the power is. But I love what you, what, what, what you said. Jesus is that fulfillment. He is the promises. Of course. So when someone says, I'm claiming the promises, but they leave Jesus out, they're not doing anything about exactly. it. Exactly. It's another, it's, it's, you know, what makes, what makes, and I, I don't even want to use the word Christianity, okay? I'm a Christian. We all are, yeah. But the problem is, whatever that means to most people. So I, have, I like to center it more on Jesus as king of his kingdom. So to really get a hold of what God is after is to restore us through Christ to the position we had before the fall. So in him, we are reconciled. We are restored, renewed. When Jesus, for example, breathed on his disciples, and he said, receive the Holy Ghost. He did the exact same thing God did in Genesis 2-7. He breathed. So to receive, the word receive is to have. Re, again. Have, again, what we had. Whoa, 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 that's amazing. The word receive means have it again. Right. Receive. So restore, renew, all the prefix re is again. So we're not getting something we didn't used to have. We're just being restored to what we had before the fall. So the word receive, when it's translated properly, means to have, to have, to it, have again. it again. Right. Because you think about man before the fall. Man ruled the dominion of God. Name the animals. Well, how right you are, because the word replenish means Right. You know, plenish again, replenish. Right. But when we think of receive, we're not thinking of right. it's take it again. Well, what Paul says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind in Ephesians. Or when Colossians 3, for example, I believe it's verse 10, to be recreated, to be renewed in the knowledge after him that created us. We're going back to our origination, to Genesis. And we're, we're, we're basically crossing over the fall of man as if though it never happened. When you got saved in Don Mills, yeah. I never thought you'd be the man you are now. Neither did I. <laughs> this is my own brother uh, who we shared the same bedroom for years as kids. And I'm listening to him today and I'm stunned. I'm awed by the depth God has given you. But you know, God used you, I mean. You know, you, the first time I ever heard the message Christ in you was you. you well, yeah, because I, I, I told my brothers about the Lord under threat from my own dad, who said, if you tell any, any of them, you're cut off. Yeah, and and I went secretly and, and told them the Lord. And I wouldn't tell them. And we, after, were, we were and all and scared after, of dad. After you know, he got him. saved, he yelled at me. You need to get saved. Dad. Oh, yeah, yeah, my father. And I didn't tell my he, he, he didn't know they were all saved already. So, but I went and, you know, secretly underground, you know, told Willie and Sam and Mary and all of them about the Lord, and they all get, were getting saved, you know, in the house, scared to death that my dad would find out. And then he got saved, and he ordered all of them to be saved, not, not, not knowing they were already saved. Yeah. He called all of them. The day after my daddy got saved, he called all the brothers and, and sisters and threatened them with destruction if they don't get saved. <laughs> It's the, it's the Middle Eastern way. I don't know how else to say it. Like, if you don't get saved, I'm going to really let you have it, you know? So 
Uh, Chris, I think, got saved out of fear from my dad. He did. I think so. But for me, it was really, I mean, I was somewhat rebellious because even though, you know, I was serving in the ministry with you and, and mom raised us to be, you know, in church and pray. Yeah. I've always had a, a little bit of offense with God. I didn't know that at the time. But I didn't understand him. And one day, sitting in church, and you're preaching, and Jeremiah, you were reading, if you're going to glory in this, glory that you know and understand God. So I thought, I have a clue. I realized I have a second-hand relationship with Jesus of Benny Hinn. Mm. I know the Jesus of Benny. I've just, I'm a copy of a copy. All I know is what I've been told. I don't really know. And I got questions that don't make sense to me as a kid. That, you know, we would talk among, I had a dear, dear friend that I still have, Don Campbell, and we would talk. In fact, the first time we, I got, when I got saved, he got saved with me, and we served you that. But then he made a decision to find the Lord for himself. And when you did, it changed your life. Totally. Because I had questions of God. My problem was not getting to heaven. My problem was, well, if I came from heaven, because that's what it says, we were chosen in him before the foundation, we're spirit beings. You know, you said that all, I mean, for years, yeah. I would hear you say, we're not, we're, not, we're not flesh first, we're spirit, soul, and body. So, okay, because, you know, I'd like to put things together. So, if we came from you, God, then wouldn't it have been easier for you and for me to just leave me alone? Why bring me out? I gotta fight a devil. I gotta try to get back in when I was already there. Why? And then I don't leave with anything. So I'm gonna come down here labor and just to go back. Kill me now. Because if the whole idea is to get to heaven, let's have an altar call and shoot everybody. I mean, I'm just thinking that. I didn't say that. I'm just, you know. And why did you put a tree in the garden that you didn't want man to eat of it, knowing fully well he's going to, unless you don't know everything? And if you don't know everything, the devil fools you. How do I know he won't fool you again before I make it back? So I've got questions, you know, right? So I... I, I My brother has a very in intriguing mind, as you can tell. You know, I just, if I'm, if I'm going to... But, but finish up, because we're almost out of time. So I, I was driven to search for my own sanity, not to preach. I didn't see myself as a preacher. I still don't. I just wanted to understand who this God is and what does he want from me. Why am I here? What do you want? So if you want to kill me, get it over with. You know. And what did you find? I found that there is a most amazing God with a loving purpose that must be encountered for man because God has to be experienced. And I can't get into it in great detail here because I don't want to create... But you've got to come back then. Well, I'll tell you privately and then you tell me if you want me to share that. But... The reality is, here's the reality. Our God is all-seeing, all-knowing. And it's a perfect plan. It's amazing. Every part of it. The good, the bad, and the ugly. It's a plan. Jesus was not plan B. So before the foundation, the lamb was slain. And God put the whole thing into motion for man to experience who God is as the image and likeness of God or we don't know. We just create a God of our image. 
But that's not what he did. He made us in his image. And when we find out what that is, it's heaven on earth. I don't know how else to describe it. And Jesus is the answer. Yeah. And Jesus is the way. And Jesus is the completion of the plan of God. And when we meet the Lord and begin to live in him, and I mean in him. Now, we all talk about him in us. No, I'm talking about we in him. When we start living in him and we, we get to that place, that is when the growth begins mm -hmm. and we begin to grow into his fullness and stature. You know, when, when and I want to explain this, I'm going to make it simple. When someone says Jesus is in my heart, he's right, but that's only the beginning. <clears throat> Jesus in your heart brings you into the kingdom. You in his heart, you start living the kingdom. Mm. Big difference. Mm. Big difference. I didn't understand that when I was saved. 50 years ago, I didn't understand that. Over 50 years ago now. Because when you start, you're not really, how shall I say it, you're not growing yet. Right. But now when growth begins and you get to the place where you know the Lord is in your heart, but it's like a, it's a change that comes in your life. Well, well, now you want to not just have him in your heart, you want to be in his heart. And you start growing into that fullness of the Lord. And that's, I believe, when the flesh lets go. Yeah. It's really not a complicated secret. No, it's not. We just go to the Lord and say, I want to know you. I want reveal yourself to me. I want to understand you. And God, it's amazing. Some, some people may have missed what I just said about the flesh letting go. The flesh loses its grip, basically, mm -hmm. on your life when you begin to grow in Christ Jesus. The flesh submits right there. Yeah. The appetite changes. Totally. You start to hunger more for what? The truth. Totally. Pray for them. Father, we are just so grateful for your goodness, your kindness, your mercy, your everlasting grace. We're so grateful who you are, what you have done. It is truly mind-boggling to think of the wonder of your word. Father, I pray now in Jesus' name for all these who are watching, that the simplicity of approaching you and simply crying out, Father, show us, teach us, reveal yourself to us. It is my people that are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Bring us a place of understanding that we may know and understand you. Reveal yourself to your people, I pray. Give us a hunger to pursue after you, that we may be changed by the truth of your word. Yes, Lord. Lord, touch your people. Transform us again for the glory of your name. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I want you to give to the Lord's work, and I'm going to have Willie pray over your seed. Because I truly am amazed by what God has done with my my brother. I'm deeply touched. Johnny there is, he's in tears over there. Wow, precious what the Lord has done. Willie, would you pray for our precious partners that God will bless them financially? And you said something so beautiful about, you know, our faith has to be tested to be faith. And the future 
people are thinking about their future, their children's future, with all this happening in this world. And there's only peace on the Lord, really. Pray, pray, pray for, pray for their finances, that God will bless their future financially. Uh, let me just say this quickly. The, the highest value to our finances, to our money, is when we raise it above what it is. The woman with the, her last might, when she gave it to the kingdom, the Lord said that she gave more than all the Pharisees put together. The highest thing we can do with our finances is present it to the kingdom. When the kingdom of God is our investment, what takes place as far as God's concerned is he partners then with us and causes like the woman's last meal, the widow woman, to stretch out for a whole year. God has an economy that so transcends the systems of this world. If we were to understand what it means when we bring our treasures not trying to manipulate God, not trying to get something out of God, but we come to God in honor when we bring it to him in honor for who he is. If whatever it is we have, but we give the best that we have, we don't give him leftovers, give him the best that we have, the best we could do in honor of him, that which is worthy of him, and it's a sacrifice. It means it hurts a little. And we bring it to him. You'd be amazed the things God can bring back, not just in areas of finances. Finances will, of course, be part of what he'll do. But in, in things money cannot buy, in, in families, in marriages, with our children, with our homes, with our minds, with our health, the things that God will do. So if you will give your best offering to the kingdom of God and for the work of expanding, advancing his kingdom, it raises it to its highest value, and God steps in and does what only God can do. So Father, in Jesus' name, for every gift, for every offering that this year people will bring, for the advancement of your kingdom, for the support of your work. You declare it is worthy of double honor. So, Father, as they raise it to you, I pray that you will cause what money cannot buy to come after them in abundance and that you would speak blessings over them, that these blessings, spirit, soul, and body, will come after them, that they will not stop until these blessings overtake them and bring fulfillment to your purpose in all their lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, you can so on the platform you're watching us on. You can go to our website, Benin.org. You can text BHM45777. And I want to have my brother Willie come back more than once. Please come. I mean, the depth in you, we all need to hear. I need to hear it. It's just, it inspires it. me. It blesses me. It blessed all of us today. And the people I know have been blessed. So sow your seed. And I'll see you at the conference. Pastors Conference 25, 26, 27, 28 in the morning when we are done with the ordination service. I'm going to see if you can show up. When? Well, I'll tell you. Well, oh. I just said it, 25th of May. Oh. Yeah. We have Dan Willis with us and myself, and maybe he'll show up. Who knows? I'm, I'm just, uh, how shall I say, you know, we, we, we have a way just you know, offering some good Arabic food. You'll come. Yeah, you know, tell me how. But that's in Orlando um, at, uh, Thrive, Thrive Church. Thrive Church. So you, ha you can register today by going to our website. We're, we're almost packed, so please, you got to, like, register soon. Okay, much love. I'll see you tomorrow. Shalom.